It's our very first episode. Today we'll be ranking and discussing the Star Wars movies, talking about the direction of the franchise with Disney, and giving our thoughts on The Mandalorian's final episode. I'm Noah. And I'm Greg. And this is Easy Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This is our first episode, so we'd like to go over a few things about what we're starting. First of all, thank you for listening, whoever and wherever you are. Our podcast will be an entertainment variety show, including things like movies, TV, pop culture, running, or general things we've learned in life. As a father-son duo, we thought it'd be interesting for people to hear our takes on passions we share from different generational perspectives. We'll keep each episode short and sweet at 45 minutes or below to the best of our ability. With that out of the way, let's get into today's topic, Star Wars. This franchise has a lot of material, so we'll be going over the films released from 1977 to 2019, excluding the 2008 cartoon movie, The Clone Wars. I'll let my dad take it away. All right, so the most important thing you need to know is that there are 29 years that separate us. So my perspective is obviously a little bit different than Noah's. And since we're talking about Star Wars, something that is near and dear to both of us, um, I'll talk a little bit about my experience seeing the first Star Wars movie for the very first time. Um, but we're really primarily here to rank them and to share our thoughts on which are our favorites. But I have to start by saying that in 1977, I was nine years old, and going to the movies was has always been one of our favorite things to do, even back as a kid. And seeing Star Wars, all the things you hear about seeing Star Wars, seeing a blockbuster like Star Wars in the 70s for the first time ever is exactly real, is exactly right. It's It was a memorable experience that I will never ever forget and I won't um, I will confess that I saw it multiple times in the theater as kids often did back then and maybe still do today but of course that was long before streaming and DVD and even VHS tapes well maybe it wasn't before VHS (laughs) tapes let's get serious here I have to ask though yeah what was it like was because I'd imagine CGI kind of took a big leap when Jaws came out, which was the first blockbuster, right? Mm-hmm. And that was what two years before Star Wars? 1975 was Jaws. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of CGI in Jaws that I can recall because Jaws was Bruce the shark. That's right. That's right. It was a shark. mechanical shark. Yeah. So I guess at this point there had been Star Trek and maybe Battlestar Galactica came after Star Wars. Battlestar Galactica came after Star Wars. But what was it like seeing special sort of practical effects in terms of of lightsabers and I guess new creatures. What was that like? Had you seen something no, or it had was it mind blowing? I mean, it was just mind blowing. You, you, because you knew. Well, you didn't consciously think that's a computer generated image because it wasn't at the time. Or if it was, it was so brand new. We weren't reliant on that in our in our film viewing. I have to say, it still looks good today. And I mean, there's a lot of uh, things that I see in cinema, especially with movies that I grew up with. You can hardly find one or name one that doesn't have some sort of heavy CGI element. So it's pretty impressive. I can't imagine what it was like for you back then. I have to say that the first Star Wars film that I recall being CGI heavy was, frankly, episode one. Um, yeah, you know, I guess the so. Phantom Menace, because a lot had ch- a lot had changed since nineteen between nineteen seventy seven and what was it nineteen ninety nine. So, mm-hmm. um, so let me talk a little bit about what I for me my top three Star Wars movies. Okay, because and, and I think you know what they are, but um, I have a good idea. Yeah, so for me, 
you'll hear a common theme for me is closure. I really enjoy closure. I like the culmination of things. I enjoy the fact that things build to a certain point and then they're all just sort of brought together in one story. Which means that episode six, Return of the Jedi, is my very favorite Star Wars film. Now, we're going to talk about 11 different films, but of all 11, and we won't spend a lot of time on each of them, there's just no doubt to me. Return of the Jedi, of course, the, the scene, the battle scene between Vader and Luke Skywalker. Classic. I mean, classic. And and frankly, I remember seeing it with a group of my friends in the theater. We were teenagers at the time, and we were literally shouting at the screen. I know I've told you that story many times before, and... It, it, to this day, I'm still really good friends with one of my friends who was in the theater with me. And, you know, it was like a it was an experience like one I've never had to this day in the in the uh, in the theater. So watching Luke Skywalker and watching Darth Vader and, you know, just the, the entire experience was just it brought those first two films, mm-hmm. which were frankly I don't mean to be overdramatic here, but they were life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just brought them together. And, of course, at that point in time, we never thought we'd see another Star Wars film. So it was like, this is it. Um, and in some ways, I kind of wish almost that that was it. But, you know, in 2021, I'm really glad that that wasn't, wasn't the end. So for me, Episode 6 was my, is my favorite. My second favorite, once again using um, closure as a theme is episode three revenge of the sith good choice now i know you i know how you feel about that and you'll you'll tell our listeners about that in a minute but for me that was just almost a redemption film the first two not my favorites episode one and episode two so by the time we get to episode three revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. and we see the transformation of anakin into darth vader right and it's so quotable. There are so many great lines. For I better mean, or for worse, right? For, for better or worse, exactly. And um, although I have said before that, what is it, how many years ago now? 16 years ago since mm-hmm. that film came out in 2005. It's interesting to go back and watch it because, I mean, the acting is not great. No. Uh, the chemistry between Padme and Anakin is non-existent. Agreed. But Obi-Wan is a rock star. Ewan McGregor is a rock star as Obi-Wan. Mace Windu, I know how you like Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, it's just a classic film. And let's face it, the opening sequence in Revenge of the Sith is, in my opinion, the best of all 11 films that I've seen. When those drums kick in and the starfighters start just firing everywhere, it's an all-out war. It's, It's such a good way to introduce us to older, more matured characters without... Super heavy exposition, I'd say. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really good way to do that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I have to ask you is, uh, when I was going into episode three, I remember months and months before, um, I had learned of the release date, May 19th, 2005. So that was what was most important to me at the time. You know, Those were my priorities back then in first grade. So when I was about to go into that movie, I knew I was going to like it. You know, I was already a Star Wars fan. It was already established. I had seen all of them up to that point, but... One and two weren't the same to me as they were to you, for example. With you having seen the first three original classic films and having had 15 years to 20 years to sit on them and sort of feel how you felt about them, one and two were a big disappointment, right, to the general audience. Did you expect episode three to be good? Were you? Did you have high hopes, low expectations? Like, what was that going into? Because for me, I always knew I was going to like it, and luckily, I can look back on it and say I still love it, but... Uh, I mean, as a kid, 
the excitement for me and just seeing all that I saw in the trailers and just the hype levels building up for me, uh, it was probably a little bit different than what you were probably expecting going in. I I think you're probably right. But for me, I always have high expectations of Star Wars films because they're so exciting. They're so inventive. I will say that The Phantom Menace was so political, bogged down in politics and, and really long pod racing scenes and 20 minutes jar jar everyone's favorite um i don't have i don't have a strong feeling against jar jar as many people do but um yeah i mean i was excited about it and and frankly it probably exceeded my expectations because i knew that even though i was excited i knew that one and two were very different than four five and six um and and was was uh, the action the scenes the the lightsaber battles the resolution all sort of made up for it for me definitely yeah so what about you what are your top three so i think you named your top two i did give me one more but i will say that episode six is my top favorite but i'll explain that after you give me your third because i'm not sure if i can remember what your third is right well i've raised you well if you agree that number six is return of the jedi very much um, your favorite film and you're right i didn't my third favorite of the film and once again we are back to uh closure and resolution this will not be popular but episode nine the rise of skywalker Disagree i know entirely. you're shaking your head <laughs> i get it i've watched it multiple times i will have to say that when i went into the theater my expectations were lower for that because remember I had just seen a few years earlier, um, episode eight, the, the last Jedi. Right. That was the episode. Right. Eight. We'll get to that in just a second. But for me, it was episode nine because um, I thought I finally started to care about Finn and Poe and Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally started to feel like uh, yes, it was full of fan service. I'm a fan. I like I like that fan service. Uh, they were it was working for me. Um, there was a lot going on in the film, and that was just a function of the fact that clearly when Disney took over Star Wars, mm-hmm. they had no story arc. Right. Um, and that was evident when you had two different directors over three films, J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they did the very best thing they could do to please you and to please me, and probably in the end didn't satisfy anyone nearly enough. But for me, it was just enough, and I left feeling like, okay. I'm good with this. Was it necessary? No. Who were those minions singing around Palpatine? It was kind I of don't know. This, what, Sith chorus of some sort? But it kind of worked for me. The whole thing was just amazing because it just brought me back. Once again, I'm, I'm fan service oriented. All right. Well, I respect your opinion and I wholeheartedly disagree with that one. I got to say, it is comforting to me to know that... Um, you know, you like the uh, end of each trilogy, and even with the new Disney Star Wars, which not everybody loved, you found a way to really enjoy that and sort of give it closure for you as a longtime fan. So, and I can sort of find solace in that, at least. If I couldn't like it, at least somebody who's watched it from the beginning can. Um, but moving on to movies I like, uh, <laughs> let's go with my first uh, pick is episode six, of course. Um, it's very, very difficult to end a trilogy with, um, a great movie. It's hard to make a sequel and then a sequel to that sequel. So good. But Return of the Jedi did just that. Not only was, uh, it cool to have new characters introduced, you know, Jabba's palace. Uh, we got more of Boba Fett. 
and we got to see sort of Darth Sidious in his prime, even though we had maybe seen him a little bit in previous episodes, it really fleshed out characters that had been teased before or just hadn't been shown at all. You had the Sarlacc pit, which was a big looming threat. Awesome. Exactly. And that, Great scene. that kind of stuff is so cool. And I think being able to balance the characters we already knew and loved and cared about already mixing in new challenges and new exciting places to see because i mean they're really planet hopping you know they were from tatooine they went on to uh indoor and they went straight into space and then they were on uh you know uh the death star and everything there's a lot of different locations but it's all juggled very well and i feel like there's an emotional weight to the film with the father-son dynamic and the brother sister dynamic the brother sister dynamic and then obviously you know you're waiting for that romance between carrie fisher harrison ford it, it happens, and they work really well together. I just thought it was such a well-done movie, and it's always been entertaining to me. It's something that provides the best redemption arc, in my opinion, that Episode Eight would later destroy. Um, <laughs> but uh, the ending was hopeful, and it was where the franchise needed to end off, and I agree. As much as I like Episode Three as sort of the prequel story, sort of telling how it all came together, I would have been totally fine if Star Wars had ended at six. Mm-hmm. Now, with that in mind... My next favorite is episode three. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this movie. This was pretty much the first movie that I've ever just fallen in love with. I remember I woke up on May 19th and I was just so excited. I went to school. I couldn't think about anything but this movie because my dad had seen it at midnight uh, with one of my friend's dads earlier and he didn't tell me anything about it except that he liked it. And so we went to Burger King. They were selling those uh, Star Wars, you know, uh, toys and, and the gift cards were like hologram Star Wars. Exactly, images. you know, it was just it was perfect for to be a kid at that time. And so I went and I was just blown away. I was blown out of the water. Uh, first of all, I got to say that the music in that movie is excellent. Give me those crazy lightsaber battles. I think we had more than we ever had in mm-hmm. any previous movie. Um, I thought the acting was just okay, but the inclusion of General Grievous, awesome, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, You got Obi-Wan doing a lot more things. And the dynamic between Obi-Wan and Anakin is actually, you feel like it's been going on for three movies when really it's only been going on for one full one. Because you don't get much Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode one. You don't get much Anakin and Obi-Wan really in episode two until the Geonosis scene. But this one kind of feels like you've known them to be sort of a master and apprentice duo for a while. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that about this movie. And most, first and foremost, it's just entertaining. It's just a really great film to watch over and over again. I mean, I watch it maybe, I'd say, once every two years. But I got to say, it's it's stuck with me as one of my favorite Star Wars episodes, purely for the entertainment factor and for the way that it just kind of seamlessly leads into episode four. But Noah, I have one question. What's that? Who has the high ground? Obi-Wan. Okay. Obi-Wan always. All my right. favorite character. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to my next favorite Star Wars movie. So we have six. We have three. Uh, my next favorite is not nine. My next favorite is... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Forgotten already. I got to say it is episode seven. Uh, I know a lot of people will disagree with me on this, but hear me out. Episode seven brought a new sort of... I would say episode seven brought a new perspective to Star Wars in the sense that it took nostalgia value and didn't throw it in people's faces, but it also brought back excellent characters while adding new interesting ones at the time before we knew what happened in the next two movies. I'd say episode seven is a weaker movie for most people because 
of episodes eight and nine, but standing on its own in 2015, Ray was an interesting character. Finn was a very interesting character. Kylo Ren made for a pretty formidable opponent, and you'd think Captain Phasma might come back. There was a lot of new stuff that was introduced, like the First Order and excellent new visuals with sort of a 2015, uh, you know, new decade touch to it that I thought Star Wars benefited from. But um, I have to say that this movie is, this movie kind of surprised me when I went into it because I was expecting it to be kind of cheesy and too much of the same. I'll admit a lot of it rehashes the ideas of four, but I think what it did was um, it did something that the other two movies could not. It catered to fans while not being too in their face, while also reliving parts, classic parts of the Star Wars uh, movie and episode four, let's not forget Um, which came out in 1977, used the classic... I was there. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Used, uh, you know, for people who might be confused about episode four, which was originally episode one. Episode four used the classic, you know, uh, underdog saves princess, or, you know, goes out, takes on insurmountable odds. It used that same formula, but it created new things that were actually very interesting to me at the time. And it took away a major character, which I was very surprised by. And so I was left wanting more and the ending was very cool wasn't it when ray was reaching out to luke you knew it was luke skywalker (laughs) mark hamill i know it sounds crazy now no no it was um but overall i I was just really pleasantly surprised with this movie uh back in 2015 and uh i watched it again i want to say a year ago or so and it was quite good it was quite good it's probably the the one star wars movie i've seen the least so i need to watch it again in fact Mm -hmm. your brother who not so coincidentally, his name is Luke. Um, he and I were going to watch it over the holidays, but we didn't get a chance to, so maybe we will this year. It's fast-paced, and I really liked it. It moves at breakneck speed, and I have to say that none of it was boring, much like Episode 3, and that's why Episode 7 is my third favorite Star Wars movie. Okay, so for my next three, um, I would say A New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, the original Star Wars film. You know, I think we, we just watched it recently, and it's... It holds up. It is a great story. I mean, it is is interesting to see how, frankly, immature Luke is early on. But that's one of the things I liked about it in the most recent viewing is Mm -hmm. watching it and seeing his growth uh, into becoming who he ultimately becomes, or a version of who he ultimately becomes. So the film itself was mind-blowing. It's still a great film all these years later. um, I just, it's a classic, obviously. My next favorite is Solo, which I know is probably going to be a surprise to some of our listeners, but Solo, in my opinion, is just a terrific film. Um, It's great storytelling. I do not think Disney um, made a poor choice on uh, developing a standalone film on a popular character. Right. If, you know, it was not a success, comparatively speaking, it was still Mm -hmm. successful, but nowhere near the success they anticipated it being. It was a box office bomb. Right, yeah, 200 plus million dollars US, and that's a bomb. Okay, but all of that said, I would have uh, taken that bet and bet on Han Solo because clearly he is the most popular character from the original trilogy. Absolutely. And so, I don't know what went wrong there. For me, nothing went wrong. I thought uh, the, the story was strong. I thought the acting was strong. I thought the um, addition of... Um, Childish Gambino, yeah. uh, Donald Glover as um, Lando was was great. It, you know, Ron Howard, a, a really reputable director. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know what happened there, but for me, what happened was a really solid film. 
Um, and one I've watched multiple times and really enjoyed it. The next one for me is The Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5. Mm. Universally known as or considered the finest of all the Star Wars films. Right. Yes, it's a great film. And yes, a lot of amazing things happened. And the reveal in that film is, um, you know, second to almost nothing in, in cinema history, in my opinion. See, that's where that's where I wish I kind of could have gone back and uh, not known that. Because when I was a kid, I the phrase, Luke, I am your father, yeah. was so ingrained in pop culture at yeah. the time. It, it was just kind of something you knew. Right. I, I can't imagine back in, when was it, 1980? 1981. Or 80, I think. Yeah, right, 80. 1980 when it came out, what it was like just to know, know that. Because, you know, before internet spoilers, yep. you might hear something from your friends or word of mouth. But I have to say, that must have just been mind-blowing at the time. Well, and I wish be, I could have seen that for myself and experienced the full weight of that surprise, you know? Truth be told, someone had tipped me off before I saw it, which uh, I kind of like that. I kind of like knowing things going in. Had I not known it and watched the film for the first time, I, I, I think my mind would still be blown. Because yeah. it was just like, what? No, that's not true. But in fact, it's true and it makes for a great story. So it's a, it's a terrific film, um, but for me, doesn't quite um, reach the pinnacle of, um, of um, my list like it does for many other fans. Um, the next one is The Force Awakens for me. So a great film. One we've already talked a little bit about, one that I've seen the least, mm -hmm. and um, one I want to watch again and again, just to sort of, I know it's very similar to A New Hope, um, but at the end of the day, bringing this film to life, uh, it being the first Disney film and being as well received as it was, uh -huh. really is very satisfying for me. I remember leaving the, the theater thinking... That was good. I want to see it again. And I think maybe I did see it a second time, mm. but it's been a lot of years now. And I want to, I want to watch it again, having seen all 11 films and, and really putting it um, into perspective. So those are my next three. Um, a New Hope, the original, Star Wars, Solo, and The Empire Strikes Back. What about you, Z? All right. So uh, my next three are episode four. This is the classic. What hasn't been said about this film that I could say? Um, I watched it again recently. Just as good as I remember. Love uh, every bit of the creativity in it. And of course, the story is classic and introduced some of the best characters and most memorable cinema moments of all time. So, uh, episode four is uh, number four on my list. Uh, then, closely followed by Solo. I thought Solo was a perfectly fine. I know we don't really differentiate way this too is much. really here, interesting. Do we? Um, Solo, I really enjoyed um, Alden Eidenrich, I believe, as uh, his name as uh, Han Solo. I wasn't sure about him. Uh, I'd say Donald Glover had an excellent turn as Lando, especially when he was introduced in that scene. He's got the charisma, and he kind of has the, what would you say, sort of the charisma or... Swagger? The, I'd say, yeah, the tonality that yeah. Lando does, the kind of... Um, I guess you could say the confidence that he has, and that's really shown off when he's, you know, uh, betting against uh, Han Solo and doing his thing. I really enjoyed his character, both as sort of a small rival, but also sort of um, also as somebody to fight alongside him. Lando's a great character too. I he mean, really, he really is, and, and um, I, I hope we can see more. I think we got a TV show uh, announced uh, with, Lan with for Donald Lando Calrissian. I hope so. Okay, I, I hope so. Um, all right, other than that, uh, I thought Solo was just way more fun than I had, it had any right to be. People were just talking about how it wasn't very good, it was pretty mediocre. I thought this movie didn't take itself seriously, and because it could separate itself from 
episodes one through nine. I don't think I had as many expectations for it. Woody Harrelson was pretty good in it, and we got Darth Maul at the end. There was nothing to really dislike about Solo, in my opinion. Was it amazing and super strong? Not necessarily, but was it a ton of fun for when I watched it and what I needed at the time? Absolutely. The train scene was a little long, but I'll just leave it at that. All right, fair enough. I like the train scene. Uh, Next up for me is episode one. I know, I know. I don't even like the pod racing scene. I really don't. But in episode one, while it had a lot of politics in it, (laughs) while episode one had a lot of politics in it and spent a little bit much too time on Tatooine, I would say that it was kind of cool that we got the concept of midi-chlorians. It really showed us how... People hate that. They do. I do not. They do. But people hate that. You know, there's Jar Jar. People don't like, didn't love that. Or people didn't like the gun guns underwater. I honestly thought when they were driving away uh, underwater, away from those giant fish, there's always a bigger fish, you know that scene? Mm -hmm. I thought that was super cool. And I thought it was proper in the way that it set up a story. While there was a lot of things that was boring about the movie, I just have to say that the way it's so well realized and how it still feels like Star Wars, and that just might be a thing for me because it was one of the first Star Wars movies I ever watched, I think it does that incredibly well. And while the content, when you think of it immediately, may not be all that you want, I think it did a really good job introducing us to what would eventually make way for Episode 3. So Episode 1 walked so that Episode 2 could stumble... And so that episode three could get the franchise back up on its feet. I like it. Do you remember StarWarsKids.com? Of course. There was that memory game and then there was was that fish game too. That that whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh, that's what made me think of it. It's sad. Those are Flash games. They're probably not even online anymore. Probably not. All right. Um, And uh, so I think we're going to go with our... No, I have one more left. And that is... No, I actually don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with my bottom three. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Um, bottom three, uh, Phantom Menace. No, I'm sorry. I've already talked about that. Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Rogue One. I know people love that. My friend Alan just rewatched it and loved it. I remember seeing it the first time in the theater thinking, oh, okay, this is good because I wanted to like it. Yeah. I thought visually the whole film was just really dark. Um, story-wise, we, you and I watched it over the summer. We mm-hmm. both fell asleep. Um, that does not bode well for a Star Wars film. It was late at night, and we had seen it before, too. Mm-hmm. What I like about Rogue One, and there's a, there are other things I like about Rogue One, but the fact that the very last scene is the very first scene of Episode 4, uh-huh. A New Hope, mm-hmm. is kind of awesome. And we got to see CGI in full effect with a young Carrie Fisher. That was cool. Yeah. That was cool. And I believe Carrie Fisher had just passed by that time, or was just before I think it, I don't remember exactly, but it was, yeah, yeah. Was, was Grand Moff Tarkin in that too, all cgi I think he was because I believe he was the first character that we saw from that crazy CGI perspective. And that was awesome. I thought he looked really good. <laughs> at first, too. At first I was like, this guy has to be dead. Yeah, and then, oh, well, he, and yes. then I looked. Peter and, Cushing, long deceased. And then I looked a little closer and they looked at maybe a little bit plasticky yep. and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. But hey, they fooled me at, at first. Yep. Thought it was good. Um. My next one is um, Attack of the Clones. You know, again, it's been a long time since I've seen Attack of the Clones, and that's intentional. I'm trying to distance myself from Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much of anything good or positive happening in Attack of the Clones. Um, it was, I left that film thinking, I don't really know that the story moved for me. And I know that might sound crazy, given um, 
some of the scenes in that film. But when I reflect on Attack of the Clones, I almost feel like it, it doesn't exist. It didn't really need to exist. No, it didn't. Probably the most inconsequential movie, aside of the fact that it started The Clone Wars, which led to the TV show that a lot of fans really love. Right, and I do want to add that, that for the longest time, I believe that was your favorite episode, Attack of the Clones. No, it was Luke's. It was Luke's. Okay, all right, we'll give him that. All right, so that brings me to my least favorite film episode of Star Wars. And I've already mentioned it. It is Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, and here's why. And I know that a lot of people felt this way too. The Last Jedi, I had a lot of anticipation for because, as you referenced earlier, Noah, she's Ray is handing the uh, lightsaber um, at the end of the the um, Force Awakens. An amazing moment. For An amazing anybody. moment. You hear the pro, um, the promos for The Last Jedi, and you hear Mark Hamill's voice. And, you know, for someone who was, what, nine years old in 1977, mm-hmm. and Luke Skywalker, I mean, I still have a Luke Skywalker action figure in my office. He does, the you Kenner know, one that has Kenner a yellow one, lightsaber. really kind of cool. Vintage. I mean, my favorite character in all of um, screen history. Right. Um, I want to be Luke Skywalker at that point in my life. Of course. And then they turn him, they make him out to be a curmudgeon. When he throws the lightsaber behind him, wasn't it was that all Anakin's I could lightsaber or his to, old not lightsaber? Not to sit there and cry. I know. Or walk really, out. Really? Or both. It was just, it was ridiculous. It was an insult to people of my generation who grew up on Luke Skywalker. And we waited two years just for him to just take it and then just begrudgingly toss it over yeah. his shoulder. And I, I know that sounds dramatic, but it just was really disappointing because Luke Skywalker is awesome and should be awesome. Um, and was not awesome much at all in that film. So for me, um, you know, the the throne room scene was fine. I thought it felt a little um, inauthentic. Didn't feel very substantial. I don't know. It was just not... I mean, have I watched it many times? Yes. I think every time I watch it, I think, one, I'm looking for um, a floating Leia, and two, I'm looking for it to be better. The final sequence is not bad. Mm -hmm. It's actually pretty good. Um, I actually like the part where Luke just sort of brushes the the whatever off his shoulder. Mm. A lot of people hate that, but eh, you know it was working for me because Luke's personality was coming back. But in the end, I think it's pretty clear that the Last Jedi was a major disappointment in a series of eleven films. When uh, frankly, I think I expected it to be the the single finest film because it was all about. Luke Skywalker. Well, that's what all the publications were saying. All the critics had this opinion, and you can actually see a huge discrepancy between the press and you know the people who got to see it free and early and were treated very nicely, of course, mm. um, and probably wanted to review another Disney movie. Uh, and then the audience reviews, uh, much lower. I believe it was something at the time, it's at 97 or 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is an aggregate score. You should never really trust it. And the audience review was something like 43, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, Really interesting to see how that turned out. I agree with that. But uh, I am going to go with my bottom three. So uh, we've already discussed episode five. That is not my bottom three, but I hadn't talked about it yet. My dad and I agree pretty much on the same level that it's a great movie, but it isn't one of our top three favorites. So uh, I'm going to go straight into my bottom three. Uh, episode two, uh, what we've talked about so far, episode two is just kind of a boring movie. Terrible dialogue, don't love the romance between Anakin and uh, Natalie Portman, Padme. 
Um, I feel like she's a much better actor than the script uh, really gave her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Hayden Christensen could have done better, too. Uh, A lot of it is just kind of very inconsequential, I would say. Uh, The middle of the movie, not very much of anything happens. It's sort of focused on Anakin's anger and where, like, his hatred is coming from. But uh, overall, I would say the beginning uh, part uh, and the Battle of Geonosis part were the best uh, of the bunch. But two great parts doesn't make for a great movie. Mm-hmm. So I got to say, uh, it's in the bottom. Uh, Rogue One, uh, once again. Uh, Rogue One is one of those movies that you see a trailer of, you hear about, you get excited for, and you have a certain expectation, and then you go in, and you're waiting, and you're waiting to like it, and you're waiting for that part to happen, you're waiting for that thing that happened in the trailer to happen, and then you realize there's 20 minutes left, and it's too late for the movie. Now, that might have been my own fault, but... On my own merits, I thought it wasn't an extremely exciting movie. I thought the cast was excellent. I thought the characters were cool enough to be introduced. But what reason do you have to care about them if you knew they were going to die so quickly? And they didn't really have that much of a personality each way. They had their own thing. You know, big guy with a Gatling gun. You know, blind guy who was excellent at martial arts. And then Jen Erso, who was the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was um, very good, uh, I'd say, for the most part, but she didn't have much to say. Uh, Overall, I'd say the characters themselves uh, could have been better and could have made the story better. Uh, The last part is amazing. Very, very cool. But once again, one or two good scenes does not make for a great movie. I think we liked it better when we first walked out of the theater than we do in hindsight. I think that's true, but I remember not loving it when I walked out of the theater. I gave it a six, and I'd probably give it a five now, four and a half. Yep. It, I wouldn't even say it's a horrendous movie. It's just, no, I mean, it's just not it's for not me. Attack of the Clones. It's just not for me. I couldn't watch it over again. Right. Um, and then finally, episode eight. Where do I start with this one? Uh, so basically, it destroys the uh, redemption arc of Darth Vader. So I guess that's out the window. <laughs> Bye. So uh, anyway, we have Luke. Uh, drinking blue milk from that strange creature. We have Rey going down into that hidey hole and uh, discovering that she's related to nobody, which would, her demons. which would then be retconned in episode 9. Um, didn't love that. Uh, and then uh, we find out that uh, Snoke, who is apparently supposed to be the new big bad guy, gets killed in a second. Yeah. This movie is so much of a misstep. I can't believe it released the way it did and people liked it. I, I walked I out of the people who liked it. I walked out of the theater saying, Am I the only one who really just did not enjoy that and thought it was just kind of a I, I felt like it was kind of a shot at all of the classic movies trying to turn it on its head and making it a new thing. But Ryan Johnson it was it was just it there's too much fan service with too little exploration of the new characters. Finn tossed off to the side that place where they did they saved some animals I guess uh you know when they went to that gambling world or whatever totally unnecessary that entire sequence or those scenes I, I don't even understand why they were in it to, to this com- day and I've watched the film a number of times yeah uh, uh Benicio del Toro mm-hmm. the code breaker or code master he I never showed it. up again I didn't get it uh so there's a lot of stuff in here that was very forgettable and the throne room scene was cool but it was sterile and a little bit short honestly I wanted there to be more of it 
Um, once again, Poe uh, was not the character that he was made out to be. Uh, I honestly think he was done the dirtiest as one of the new characters uh, in the sequel trilogy. He had a lot of potential. Uh, Poe, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, who was the other one? Right. Uh, Oscar no. Isaac's character. Whoever he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he and the purple-haired lady were fighting all the time, and the purple-haired lady thought it would be heroic to just go on, you know, just a suicide mission and run into the starship. Finn. No, sorry, that was Poe. That was Poe. Finn. <laughs> Finn. I'm sorry. I, Dude, I am getting this mixed up. But you know what? That's just because this movie is so bad, and it's it's uh, clouding my what, brain. When we're done with this podcast, Noah, we're gonna go watch the Last Jedi. <sighs> don't don't make me no, do we're that. not. Don't make me do that. Anyway, but let me clarify. Uh, Finn, who was who deserted the New Order, I thought he had a lot of interesting stuff for him coming up, and he didn't. Uh, Poe, on the other hand, I thought had uh, more of a friendship arc with Finn. But that wasn't explored because he was fighting with the purple-haired general. Mm -hmm. And overall, I thought it came to a lot of nothing. Uh, Palpatine wasn't teased uh, in it at all. Luke Skywalker died. Did not like that because it was he was just such a jerk for the whole movie. And then he had one heroic moment and he died. I just thought it was kind of a slap in the face to people who... Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. This movie was just... All kinds of terrible for me, and they retconned a lot of it in episode eight. They had to. I mean, episode nine. Yeah, you cannot tell me that uh, this movie didn't cause irreparable damage for the course of the sequel trilogy, and for that reason, it is the very bottom, hands down, of the Star Wars franchise. So what we have established is, though there are 29 years between us, mm -hmm. your very favorite Star Wars film is my very favorite Star Wars film. Correct. Episode six, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And our least favorite Star Wars film we also have in common, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. Okay. I'm doing my job well. Well, I've right. done my job well. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've gone and discussed uh, all of the Star Wars movies, I think I accidentally missed one of them. But you know what? <laughs> We're just going to keep rolling. Episode 9. Uh, overall, I discussed a few thoughts um, Great with, film. with my dad about that. Great film. I disagree. Um, if you didn't like episode nine, I probably agree with you on why you didn't. So we're going to go straight into how we feel about Disney owning the Star Wars franchise and what uh, we think, what kind of direction it will go in. Is it in good hands or is it in bad hands? I just want to say that I was blown away when Disney bought Lucasfilm back in 2012 and announced seven, eight, and nine. It's I can't even believe it was that long ago. Been nearly nine years. In yeah. December, in December of this year, it'll be nine years. Yeah. Well, I think my my opinion of this is that um, Star Wars is in good hands. A, a lot of people will disagree with me, but at the end of the day, uh, Disney has the resources to make whatever they want to make, mm -hmm. and I also believe that um, the television medium mm -hmm. is a great way for us to carry Star Wars into. The future. I know there are, you know, film productions underway, plans, mm -hmm. another trilogy, perhaps. Uh, directors come in, come and go. Um, I'm less excited about those, especially because we have no idea what movie going is going to be like in a theater situation post coronavirus pandemic. Right. But um, I've been really happy with Disney Plus and, of course, its offering of The Mandalorian. Yeah. So for me. Um, I'm very satisfied. Um, we're big Disney fans as a family anyway. 
Um, so I think recognizing what Disney can bring to this, yes. Does it feel, do the episodes feel a little less authentic, a little more packaged, a little more stylized? Right. I think so because of Disney, but I can live with that. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, I would say that if Star Wars was kind of circling the drain in terms of content that they were going to put out, I don't think George Lucas really had any intention to carry the franchise further. And I'll admit, it, I'm probably greedy because it would have been better if it ended with three. But at the same time, I love new books. I love new stories to tell. And I like something to be excited about again with the series. So I'm glad Disney has more than enough funds to be able to produce that. Uh, I do feel like some of their content feels like fan fiction, a little bit of Star Wars. But I will agree, the future of the franchise is on TV. And that's been proven with The Mandalorian, especially in the last half of Season 2. Uh, I think overall, uh, what we've seen from Disney has been inconsistent. But uh, The Last Direction, with the final episode of uh, The Mandalorian that we watched... Uh, it's I, I gotta say right now it's in good hands and I think they've learned from their mistakes and you should definitely keep your Disney Plus subscription if you're a fan because they've announced 10 to 12 new Star Wars series and there's a lot coming out there's a lot on the horizon and speaking of that tell me what you thought of the last episode of The Mandalorian what did you think it, it, uh, for me it was the finest single episode of any star wars offering we've received over the movies any over any now i'm not i'm not completely invested in the clone wars so many will say oh you're not a real fan if you're not you know and i am a real fan but i i just have to get to that um but for me chapter 16 which is the final episode Mm -hmm. of season two of the mandalorian was was amazing and you gotta hand it to disney in this day and age of social media and spoilers I don't think anybody saw Baby Yoda coming. And now who saw Luke Skywalker coming back um, at the conclusion of season two of The Mandalorian? I didn't. But when I saw that X-Wing come in, and then I saw that green lightsaber, and then when he took his clo- his his uh, uh, hood down, mm-hmm. and then there was R2-D2, I, you know, I was just beside myself. I thought, oh, yeah. this doesn't get any better. Mm-hmm. And my friend Chris told me, to get excited, and I, I was. Yeah, I have to say I completely agree. It was cool. The Dark Troopers were way more of a threat. Cool as anything. Um, they were sort of teased in uh, the episode where Boba Fett was introduced. Yep. Also, love that he's back. Yep, he me was too. kind of in the legends, maybe canon, maybe not canon, whether he survived the Sarlacc pit, and he did, and I'd say he's better than he's ever been. Yep. He's the character now that I think everybody expected him to be when we were first introduced to him in episodes five and six. And now we're going to get the book of Boba Fett. Which looks really cool as well. Absolutely. I'm totally in. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, my Disney Plus subscription is worth every penny just for the Star Wars stuff. Absolutely. But I digress. I think that uh, what made this episode so strong was the fact that it brought in Luke without you knowing mm-hmm. Luke was going to be there. Maybe, you know, he was going to have a Jedi come pick Baby Yoda up, but you weren't sure who it was going to be. And right in those final moments where you weren't sure what was going to happen, Moff Gideon was with them, but he wasn't quite trapped because they were. Luke comes in, he saves the day, you get some cool lightsaber action, you get R2-D2 you right get next R2-D2. to him. R2-D2, that was all I needed. And you get the calm, collected, classic Luke with very good CGI, might I add. I thought so too. And Mark Not Hamill's voice. Agrees. And Mark Hamill's Not voice. Agrees. Yeah, with Mark Hamill uh, voice acting that CGI uh, character. 
I would say that was the Luke that we wanted. Mm-hmm. The calm, yes, exactly. almost grandfatherly, yep. sort of masterful A Jedi Luke. master. Not an angry one. And that is the direction that I think we are headed in for Star Wars. So I'm looking forward to the way things are going. Hopefully season three will be good and we're going to have the Obi-Wan series soon. But Well, Noah, you, you studied communications in college. So maybe you should uh, consider remaking episode eight. The Last Jedi. I did not study uh, film and television, and I am not a director, but you could could put ideas out there. Uh, That is our show for today, and thank you for listening. Uh, Once again, we're going to be doing a variety of show about entertainment, pop culture, just general things about life, our running habit. Things that we do, things that we talk about, things that we like. Exactly. And uh, it's going to be something that we're going to try to keep... 40 minutes or under because we know your time is valuable and so is ours. I mean, we kind of have to recharge after talking to each other for half an hour. You know, <laughs> it's a fun thing. We love talking to you. We oh, love I hope I haven't to- exhausted you, Noah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, since he's going to be passive aggressive about that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Once again, we're going to try to keep these short and sweet. And please, uh, once we release this, we're going to try to engage the community a little bit. Tell us about what you want to hear or tell us, ask us questions. Uh, connect with us. We're going to be on social media. We're going to be on Instagram, eventually YouTube, uh, Facebook, I would imagine. And I'm not going to make a LinkedIn for us quite yet, but we're going to be on Anchor and we're going to be distributed to a bunch of other podcast networks. So be on the lookout for us. We're going to revise, cut, chop, and make our show better as we go on. But this was our first attempt. So thank you so much for sticking with us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.